Hey, this is Pastor Roy Barrett from Discover Life Church. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Now let's get ready to be transformed, have our hearts encouraged, and live the life God has created us to live. Enjoy today's teaching. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 13, and I want you to keep it open because in a moment we're going to go to 2 Kings, so just so I need you to keep your, keep your Bible, your app open, Hope, hopefully you charged it. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I'm going to read verses 14 through 16 because we're going to pick it up next week. You are the light of the world. A town, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and give his light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. But for today, concentration is on verse number 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Today, we're going to start a two-week series. Just two messages starting today entitled, Be Salty and Stay Lit. Be salty and stay lit. Some... some some of y'all come on back. Your mind on Wednesday. Come on, come, come on back. Come on, Cletus. Father, sanctify us now. Quickly. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, be salty. Look at him again and say, stay lit. Look back at him and say, in a godly way. If you're watching online, don't disconnect, don't do anything. I promise you, we love the Lord Jesus. The reason many of us are smiling, the reason some of you who are looking around trying to figure out what, what's the joke about was, is because the word salty and lit has an urban connotation, slang, irritated and angry, embarrassed, almost disrespectful, and lit, of course, meaning... Hyper. Thank you, Daniel. But for those of us who are still being changed, a little intoxication. It also means incredible. I had to do some Google and check, like, what? what? Let me. Usually I have, um, t- because she's in marketing and she has to, um, by virtue of profession, you know, deal with all these things with her companies. Usually when it comes to some of my urban up-to-date stuff, I just call Sade and say, Sade, Get me, up, get me up to speed on what's going on. And so I started to reach out to her, but she's so holy and so saved, I know she probably wouldn't have known because she's married to Raya. But even though we have urban connotations for be salty and stay lit, that's not the route we want to go over these next two weeks. We really want to go Chanel and talking about Jesus' context of when you read Matthew 5, he's talking, Marcus, about his expected behavior in response to spiritual transformation. What does God expect of me after he changes me? What's your expected behavior once I've encountered your grace, your love, and your truth? 
Because remember, in the preceding verses, he gave us the beatitude. He gave us, blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Matthews 5 through 7 is all about expected behavior in response to encountering him. And so when he says, I'm going to continue, boys. I gave you all the beatitudes. I told you about how to live a blessed life. That's good. Now that I got your attention, let me tell you what I really expect once you say you've met me. That is this. You're the salt of the earth. Stay salty. Be salty. Because if you lose your saltiness, you ain't good for nothing. Oh, I done lost my amens right there. Because if you lose your saltiness, you're not good for anything. And the thing about it is that in those days, Roman soldiers were actually paid with salt. They were actually paid because salt was a valuable commodity. It was so valuable that when you got paid with salt, you knew you had treasure, you had something valuable in your hand. I didn't even know this, that the etymology of the word salary that we use is the same etymology for the word salt. Hence, you have the phrase, that person ain't worth their salt. That person ain't, what are you saying? Like, that person doesn't have great value. So when, you, when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, watch this. It is, it's not so much he's talking about purpose, he's talking about value. Okay, let me take it deeper. So now he's telling me the reason you didn't get saved, if that's the ultimate priority of God to just save you, which it is to have eternal security with him, which it is. He says, but your greatest value is not getting saved and going straight to heaven. Your greatest value is me leaving you right here. Because why? Because in heaven, there's no dysfunction. In heaven, there's no disease. In heaven, there's no frustration. In heaven, there's no fear. Nah, you make the greatest value by me leaving you right there. Because you're the salt of the... Ooh, look at y'all faces right now. I, I don't blame you. You want to know why? Because now he has just told me it ain't about you. And what we have done is we have reduced salvation to just a walk with God that is so personal and so private that no one benefits from our conversion. All right. Okay. See that? Uh, that no one benefits. Because if it was just about you when you got saved, he would have took you to heaven. But okay. I'm, I'm trying to hurry up and just get through this. But what? Paul makes an interesting ch- uh, statement to the church at Philippi. He says this. He says, I don't know what's better, to die or to go to heaven. He says, but I recognize it's more fruitful if I stay here for you. So what he does is he delayed death because he says it's more profitable for me to be here for you. See, you think you staying here is just about you and God fulfilling something that you're praying. God is saying, nah, you can't die because others are attached to your commitment. And the sooner you recognize I ain't save you just for you, then you will recognize where you are is the best place you could ever be because it ain't about you. 
so he says, so this becomes a value issue. There's a reason he left you on that job, and there's a reason he still got you with those people you can't get rid of. You done tried to pray them away. You done put oil on the cubicle and say, God, you ain't got to fire them, but let them move to a different department. And you walk back and you thought they were gone and you're like, they still there. You don't question if you got faith in God. There's a reason. Because you are the salt of the earth. Now, I want to be clear. When I say salt of the earth, I don't want you to think the entire world. It's more specific and more refined, um, Kareem. The salt of the earth. You are the salt. Watch this. Within the regular routines and responsibilities you have on a daily basis. So don't, I, don't, I don't want you to go large because that kind of makes it impersonal. Just think about your weekly goings, doings, and interactions with whatever makes up your regular sphere of life. God says within those routines, relationships, and responsibilities, you the salt. You, you it. You the salt. I ain't got to look for another one. You it. Nah, I ain't skipping over no, you. And Jesus says, I need you to recognize, watch this, that the smallest amount of salt has the greatest impact. So now, boy, it is quiet right now. So now, it's not even an issue of my presence. You have moved from presence to talking about influence. Okay. Salt, a teaspoon, tablespoon, and for those who really cook, a pinch. You know, and I, you know, generation before us, you know, they, you start getting out a teaspoon to start measuring. Grandma look at you like, what you doing? Well, it says a teaspoon. <laughs> Salt. The smallest amount can change the entire taste. I got chefs in here. Can, the entire taste of something. And what he is saying is, I need you to recognize that if life is boring, check your salt quotient. If things have become bland, have you lost your flavor? Oh, see, I, oh, I, I know. Because salt is designed to influence. So we're not talking about you showing up at work. We're talking about what's your influence when you're there. And here's, here's where it really becomes challenging for us. When you start thinking about salt, right here. Salt has to blend in without becoming bland. Meaning... Have you begun to blend in so much that the environment has made you unsalty? Have you now become the one who's getting evangelized by those you should be influencing? See, we, we, see one of the things, especially when I deal with um, high school and college students, one of the statements that I used to always emphasize to them is this. You can't influence who you're impressed by. 
see, you have to, see, you got to, thank you, Lewis. See, see, it's hard. See, some of you, I, I just feel like, see, some of you, see, some of you know you got a great call. And some of you are called to be in industries, especially the media, especially arts. But yet, God can't trust you on the scene to be with those people, to influence them because you're still impressed by them. Because they are stronger in being bland than you are in being salt. So if God put you before them, they would evangelize you to the point that you done lost the reason that your presence should even matter. You're not there just to take a picture. You're not there just to get an autograph. You're not there just to get a selfie. You're there as salt on the earth because you need to influence them in such a way that you got to recognize, I got something you need. You may have more money, but I got the one that owned the cattle of a thousand hill. You may have a bigger house, but I got a home that got peace in it. You may have more cars, but I got one that has been sustained by the faithfulness of God. I know, I know it's quiet. So can, oh gosh. So if you do not have associated with being a Christian, the word influence, we need to take you back to what it means to be a Christian. To be saved is to be an influencer. Okay, let me say it this way. So we talk a lot about here at DLC, all about atmospheres and environments. Why, we t- why do we talk about atmosphere environment? Because to be a believer is to be someone who shifts atmosphere, changes environments. I've said it before. How in the world did you testify at church and post on social media that God answered your prayer, gave you a job, and you got to the job, and one person who don't serve your God has made you put in a resignation? There's no way you can say no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No way you're going to say greater is he that is in you than he that is in the There's no way you're going to talk about you're more than a conqueror and you can't go in there. You got one person that got one little small title that's about to make you leave a place you say God called you to be. And then watch this. And then you're going to falsely lie. It's a new season. God changed it. No, you are unsalty. And that person is stronger in their commitment to darkness than you are to remaining so we've raised up a generation of believers who hide behind cliches instead of being who God has called them to be and we as as pastors we've given you permission watch this to make scripture fit your comfort then demand you change according to scripture They can see it. See, I, see, I got back up here today, Pastor Edith Wright. Is here. I got a, two more weeks. I got back up here. I, I, I got back up. So, so, so you can fix your tone of face all day long. We're not, we're, listen, we're not going to be the church that makes the word fit culture to keep you happy. No, culture says you're the salt on the earth. There's some things in your life, in your family, it ain't going to change until you accept that God got you there to make a difference. And you got to owe, for some of you, you owe God repentance for going to work and saying, I'm just going to keep my mouth closed. I ain't going to bother anybody. That was a lie from the pit of hell. You should have walked in and said, the Lord gave this place to me wherever my feet trod he has given me the victory and I'm not going to let no devil drive me off where God assigned me Uh, 
So the challenge is, how do I stay salty in a world that's trying to make me unsalty? Everybody is coming out the closet. Everybody is being vocal. And the people that are running are the believers. I'm not saying be rude. I'm saying this becomes a litmus test to ask you, do you know who you are? So we're in this place in the world where you got to make a decision. Am I for God or am I for religion? You know, old folks, you just say, whose side are you on? Because there's no such thing as straddling the fence. Whose side are you on? And Jesus is very clear, you're the salt of the earth. Go with me to 2 Kings. I'm just about done. 2 Kings chapter number 2. 2 Kings chapter number 2, verses 19 through 22. You are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. Why would Jesus emphasize be salty. Why? Why? This is a story to echo into, and we're going to spend the rest of the message from here. Second Kings verse 19 from chapter number 2. Do you have it? Second Kings chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Am I making sense to anybody? See, part of the reason some of you are frustrated and you feel lost is because you've been thinking the job is supposed to make you salty. See, you thought getting a bigger house was going to make you salty. Make you, feel, make you feel more valuable, more significant, more important. You thought getting a title was going to do it. But you have to be salty before you get there. So you can, watch this, so you can stop having unrealistic expectations about people. So now it don't, I, I told, so it, it don't matter if they overlook you. Because the promotion didn't add value to you. I'm not saying do your best. I'm saying if the enemy recognizes you get on the job and behave like everybody else, you've lost your saltiness. Verse 9, okay, chapter 2, verse 19. The people of the city said to Elijah, look, our Lord, this town is well situated as you can see. But the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Look at Elijah's response. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day according to the word Elisha had spoken. Now, watch me. I'm just going to give you... I'm just going to give you three reasons, three truths, why God commands me to be salty. Are you ready? Number one, just from those verses. Number one, to prompt God's will. To prompt God's will. To prompt God's will. Now, when, you, when I say prompt, I don't want you to think quick or fast. I want you to think in the context to initiate and instigate. Don't think fast. I want you to think to instigate and initiate. Now, where they are is in Jericho. 
the land Jericho. You remember when Joshua goes to Jericho and the walls falls, one of the things that happens as a result of them taking the city is that God says the land is cursed now. The land is cursed. So from Jericho to now, from that time of Joshua to now, about 800 years, 750, 800 years, the land has been under a curse. That's why it's unproductive. That's why it's only death there. That's why nothing is growing there. And when the people recognize, they say, look, Elijah, this is a good land. This is a good place. You can see it. It's, it's, it has potential, but it's unhealthy. It's unproductive. And the way God instituted his will, because his will is for fruitfulness and healthiness, Elijah says, bring me some salt. Bring me some salt. He uses salt to begin to break a curse. Now, I know, I'm a policy, I might as well just give it everything. I'm trying to, trying to just kind of move you along. How can I say this nicely and cleanly? You do know there are still curses. You see, okay, see, some people, not, uh, what do you mean? Okay, look back. There's still a devil. There's still curses. There's, what's, what's a curse? A curse, in, in the simplest term, a curse is whenever God opposes what you're saying or doing. It's when the enemy is God himself. It's when you ain't fighting the devil. It's when God has decided, I'm against it. So no matter what you do or say, you can even throw scripture. But when God has says, no, nothing is going to happen. And so Elijah says, if we're going to bring God's will to this place, then I need some salt. This, this is why I want to tell you something that's very significant. The will of God can't just be acknowledged. It must be activated. There are many people, thank you, hon. See, there are many people telling me, well, I know it's God's will for me to be saved, but they never get saved. But yet, watch it, but yet they want the fruit of salvation. I know it's God's will to bless me, but no, 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 no. You can't just assent to his will mentally. You got to cause that thing to be activated. And what salt does is salt breaks curses. You, many of you, I'm about to meddle right now. Many of you, watch this, you are on the right job. It's just under a curse. You're in the right place because they said to Elijah, it's a good land. You see the potential. You're in the right ministry. You're in the right calling. But it is hard to produce. Nothing will grow. The business won't get off the ground. The plans won't come to fruition. The prayers are not being answered. It's a struggle. It's unproductive. And you're trying to figure out what is it. God is saying, you ain't got to change your plans. You ain't got to quit. You ain't got to leave. You need to break the curse. Well, how do you break the curse? Stay salty. Boy, it's quiet right there. Uh, stay, stay salty. You need to make sure you and I don't become so engrossed, watch this, into working through flesh that 
we've canceled out the fact that God is your power. God is waiting for you and I to decide, I'm tired of this curse. I'm tired of living off possibilities that never become realities. And, boy, it's, it's quiet. It's quiet. Let, let me tell you what I'm hitting with many of y'all. You love being the victim. Uh-huh. See, you like being the victim. See, it's easy to be the victim. So you keep posting, pray for me. I'm going through. You got 13 years of going through. When are you going to come out? See, I, I know. I might as well go ahead and deal with it. You got, you got 15 years of still going through, and you keep posting every year at the end of the year, your New Year's resolution is to cut people. Well, if you keep cutting people and keep cutting people, at some point you got to recognize maybe you need to cut yourself. You need to cut off that laziness. You need to cut off that complaining. Cut off that worry. Cut off the, Because at some point you got to decide it's me. And some of you are in the right place. And I feel like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the day is just to locate. You're about to leave where God has planted you for the wrong reason. You are the salt there. That's why I told you, you got to know your worth before you get to the job. You got to know you may be the only reason that company is prosperous. I'll, I'll never forget when um, first time ever in my life I got uh, ever got cut from a sports team was in 10th grade, 10th grade basketball. I knew I shouldn't have got cut, but I knew I'm, I'm this little righteous bragging. I knew I shouldn't have got cut. I had embarrassed. There was a tra- there was a lineage of brothers who were good in basketball that came before my class. One was in my class, one was coming behind, then another one was coming. And so during the tryout times, Kareem, you know, the coach would make you go one-on-one. I had to go against two of the brothers. So, smoke them. I have no problem. I ain't worried about it. I'll smoke them. And then I was trying to figure out how they got on the team, and I didn't. And then he got other people that shouldn't have been on the team. And because... He was a coach, like, minute, like you are, coach and teach. Going to the lunchroom one day, I saw him in the hall. Couldn't avoid the hallway. Like, dog, you know when you walk in, you know when you walk in, it's like, you ain't got a door you can dip into. You ain't like, ah, I got to see him. And so Bryce walking, I, hey, and he stopped me. And he's like, I apologize. I was like, four <laughs> what for? He's like, and they're in sport. They have way in the season right now. He's like, I should have never cut you. He's like, I made a mistake. And the reason he apologized was this right here. He said, because I know you would have brought an attitude that we needed. Like, and I'm like, yeah. 
I got to go to lunch. In other words, watch this. You, you added. Then the very thing you're looking for can't be activated. So you got to be salty so you can cause the will of God, break the curse, and let the land, let the deal start happening. I'm telling you, if you can hear me spiritually, I am setting you up for, for that season of the deal won't get closed, that those delayed. I am setting you up to break the spirit of delay. If you hear me spiritually, all those coulda, shoulda, woulda. I am set, if you would get salty, you would step into a land. You would step into a season where what used to be just possibility. Now the contract is signed. Now the check is sent. Now the deal is finalized. I don't know about you, but I don't like being on the airplane. They keep telling me at any moment we're going to take off. At some point, tell me deplane or let's take off but just sitting here ain't gonna do it i don't like the peanuts i don't like those little crackers i don't like that little small cup of drink give me the whole can if not deplane or take off but just sitting here ain't my calling right, let, let me go number two watch this i know number two number two why do i need to be salty to promote god's work to promote god's work because whatever god was going to do he had to do it through salt Whatever God is going to do, he's going to do through salt. But I want to emphasize that Elijah says, Monty, bring me a new bowl to put salt in a new bowl. Not an old bowl, not a dirty bowl. Okay, all right. Jackson, bring me a vessel that hadn't been tainted because I'm going to put salt in something that's pure. Okay. So in other words, there's a reason for your consecration. The purer the vessel, the more power God can show through it. Ooh, it is quiet. See, uh, it, ooh, it is quiet right See, you... God always releases his power in proportion to how pure you are. And what's, and I've told you before, power in the Bible simply means the ability to produce the God kind of results. So if you don't like the results that you're getting from God, God says, okay, I need you to take your consecration level up some. You need to deny. So I, see, I know it's hard. See, it's, it's quiet right there. See, I want power, but you can't expect God to give you graduate power, and you don't want to turn down Chick-fil-A sometime. You got you to be willing to turn it down. Some, I, I see I'm getting a good conviction right there myself. You, you got to be willing to deny. And you see, I, okay, so, so you know, I, I got challenged. You know, I'm in a season where I'm getting challenged. I'm getting stretched. My, Crystal will tell you. Just what, I'm, I'm looking at some of the things that's happening and being asked, and I'm just like, God, what got me here ain't going to keep me here. And so there, so there's, there was a time in my life. See, that there was... See, in this year of training, I feel like God is saying, don't, don't get so deep that you don't forgot that it's very simple. Trust me. Okay, I'm saying, see, see don't, don't get so deep that you forget at the end of the day, the just shall live 
by faith. Stop looking for formulas, facts, and figures, and go back to what you know work, which simply means prayer and fasting. That there comes a point where you ain't got no more answers, but all you got is a prayer life that you know when you talk to God, that you don't know how, you don't know when, but you know just a little talk. See, I need my own. See, this is where I need those. Just a little talk with Jesus would change. If if I'm salty enough, the environment changes, that I ain't got to counsel it out. I can pray it out. I can stay at home and God will work it out. I ain't can't be there. I can't answer the email. I can't send a text. But God, if I stay salty, your power will go where I can't go. So he wants you salty so that the power can work. Watch this. So the power can work without the salt being diminished by the past. This is why when you start talking about being salty, unresolved issues and unhealed hurt robs you of your saltiness. Hmm. Uh How do I I keep my saltiness? Are you a new bowl? Or are you a recycle? Am, am, I, am I letting God make me over? How's my consecration? How am I doing as it relates to yielding my life so that I can be clean on the inside? Because the salt is placed in a new bowl. So when God shows us this in scripture, he is telling us nothing outside of your consecration is going to make you salty. And many of you are offended at God because you're looking for other things, places, positions to make you salty. And God is saying, nah, if you don't get pure. You won't be salty. You are frustrated. Watch this. It is possible to be offended at God even though you're still in the will of God. You're where God wants you to be, but your offense is that you're not seeing the fruit of where you are. You thought things would be better. You thought things would be sweeter. You thought life would be better. You're in the right place, but until you get your saltiness back, you're going to be frustrated in the right place. See, I know, I just hit your theology. Your theology and your church bringing has told you only time things go hard and wrong is when you're out of the will of God. Uh-uh, that devil lied. You can be right in the will of God with the wrong attitude, without, a li- without consecration, without yielding to God, and God not give you the fruit you're desiring. You got to get in this will and say, God, now that I'm here, my storage is empty. I'm available to you. I'm not on this job to be friends with everybody just for the sake of office politics. I'm here because somebody need what I have. That it's not about the money. It's not about the title. It's not about my resume. It's not about my reputation. It's about me influencing. There's some power you're trying to release here. Let me give you this last one. I'll be done because I think that's where it all lands, the plane. To preserve God's word. This is this last one. To preserve. Why didn't he be salted? To prompt God's will, to 
promote God's work, but then to preserve his word. After he puts the salt in the water, he prophesies. This land and this water would never be unhealthy again. Never. Uh-huh. And to this day, it's still healthy and pure. I want you to notice, though, that the word is always preserved wherever there's the presence of salt. Is salt a preserving agent? Watch this. So it is possible for you to get prophetic words and lose the potency of the word if you weaken saltiness. Boy, it is quiet. I'm teaching better than the way you look. See, you call me a false prophet, but yet you don't do anything with your saltiness once you get the word. Prophecy requires responsibility. Am I making, am I, am I, see, in a, I can prophesy to you all day long, the Lord's going to bless you with a new job. But if you go home and you don't ever fill out a resume, you don't go on the interview, you don't do none of that stuff, and then you're going to get offended, well, that word ain't come to pass. Nah, you lost the word because you refused to be salty. And he gave a prophetic word, this land would never never be, it would never be barren again and never be dry again. Because why? Because salt preserves the word. This is what I wrote in my notes, and you will love it by faith. Whatever God proclaims about me must be preserved by me. Thank you. See, whatever, see, what we, see, it's not an issue with God's word. Because some of you got enough word that you are a walking Bible. But the problem is, the enemy can snatch the word of God. So, y'all, come on. Don't look at me. Come on, Bible students. This is the parable of the sower. They heard the word, and then the enemy comes along and just snatches it. Because why? You hear it, but then you don't act on it. You don't do anything to preserve it. But when you hear the word of God, you stay salty so that in times of discouragement, that word can rise up and say, the Lord promised me that he was going to do this. But if you lose your saltiness, then you lose the power of a prophetic word and I'm wondering how many prophecies have you had over your life that you're not preserving see see, you will remember your passwords to your email and you would put that in what's that thing wait a minute what's that the law last pass you put all that stuff you put stuff in the clouds whatever that is you can put stuff up in the clouds and do all of that. Watch this. You secure, you store that, but you and I won't store the word of God in our heart. But the Moses says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Sin ain't an issue when you stay salty because you're so full of the word of God that even when they try to pull you one way, there's enough word in you that say that fits you, but that don't fit me. No, I've been bought with a price. I don't care how good he looks. I don't care how good she smells. My body is not mine. So if I got to stay single way past what I thought I'll stay single, I love him more than I love a few moments. And can I tell you this? If you're salty enough, you would disqualify the wrong people.
I know. How do I? I got to preserve God's word, and it matters how I respond to his word. This is why I refuse to pastor illiterate believers. Just come to church, just want to sit there. No. Because you got something to do that's greater than what the enemy is telling you. You are a preserving agent in your earth sphere of influence. And what has happened over the course of many of you for the last three to seven months is that you've become so comfortable in your routines that normality has robbed you of your saltiness. So you're just there, and they won't even miss you if you're not there. The indictment as a believer is to leave somewhere and no one misses you when you're gone. And I've told you before, how do you know one way when your season is up somewhere? When there's an increase in godliness. If you leave and the place is still at the same righteous and godless level, you need to ask yourself if God's moving you on. Because God never called you there to be bland. I've had people, when, and I'm going to give you some, one of my free questions for counseling so you'll know it ahead of time. People be asking, when they be like, you know, I just think it's time for me to move on. Or, you know, I think I'm getting, uh, I, I think I'm just going to move and take another job. Or, you know, I'm just going to change. And I would ask them, I said, when you tell your boss that you're leaving, do they ask you what can they do to keep you? Well, no, they didn't ask me that. Why not? Did you not work as unto the Lord? Were you not so salty in a godly way with your attitude that they recognize if we let this person go, we may close? Okay, y'all looking at that tone of face. Watch this. The scripture says, Bryce, about, uh, about Joseph. Everywhere he went, the Lord was with him. Do you know, and I'm closing, do you know that he was so salty when he was in Potiphar's house, when Mrs. Potiphar accused him of sexual harassment, the bra was about to go against his wife because he was like, not Joseph. Not that one. Now, nah, you, you, look, Traquan. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, you know, you know, Bobo maybe, yeah, but he, he, not him. He, the only reason he put Joseph in jail was because he didn't want to look like he was going against his wife. Because he knew that having Joseph in his house, on his staff, running his house, made him prosperous. Have you brought profitability to where God called you? So before you think about leaving a church, a job, a ministry, ask God, did I bring a profit here? Well, let me, okay, let, let me give you this last point. I mean, not let, here's the big so what. You have any questions, take it up with Lisa and Boki. God wants me, here's the big so what. God wants me to mix in with life without becoming mixed up about my identity in God. See, God, 
See, being a Christian don't mean you isolated. It means can you mix in without becoming mixed up? So I'm, so I'm saying you there. Mix in, but don't get confused about why you're there. What's the reason you're there for? Work hard. Get a promotion. Y'all know, get a promotion. Told you, because when you get the promotion, close the deal. I love to celebrate with you. Take me straight to J. Alexander's, because I'm going to get me a rib and steak, and you're paying for it. The Lord to bless you like that is better to give than to receive. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, and I love being a cheerful receiver, so that we just fulfill Scripture together. Mix in without becoming mixed up. Here's your take-home challenge. This week, I will pray for one person from each sphere of my life. Each sphere of my life. What do you mean each sphere? Your home, work, social, and church every day this week. So that means you got four people you're going to be praying for every day this week. Why would I give you that type of challenge? Because for many of us, that is the way that we remind ourselves that it's not about me. And if you're going to recapture your saltiness, it's going to start with you praying for the people you're trying to get rid of. <laughs> it's going to start right there. And I, it, it is quiet right now. I, I like, you know why I like this quiet? Because you don't hear good teaching and good preaching that reminds you that you and I as believers are called to be the influencers and not to be the ones that's being influenced. When, 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 when will you tell the devil you've had enough for compromising who you are? Today, bow your heads, close your eyes, because I want to pray something off in a way. I was going to just do it a different way. I want to, I want to do it this way. If you're here and you know that you've been challenged or you're, you've already just succumbed to the whole environment that's around you, that your saltiness is not where it should be, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I see you. I see you. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Because this is your day to get your spiritual vibrancy and freshness back. Raise your hands up high. I see you. I see you. Don't be embarrassed. Nobody's looking. I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking for I can know who I'm praying for. Father, in the name of Jesus, keep your hands raised. Father, for the hands that's raised. I pray on this day that there would be a divine restoration of their saltiness. You still have need of them. You still have need of their presence, of their influence, where you have assigned them to be and what you've called them to do. So I pray on this day, in this moment right now, God, that they would recapture their awe of who you are, that they would recapture that sense, oh God, of appreciation and expectation. The enthusiasm about being in that job, being in that community, being with those people, calls it to return, calls it now, oh God, to be instilled and imposed in their lives over their frustration, over their weariness, 
over their tiredness, over their heaviness. Father, I thank you that they would return to that place of recognizing and praying that, Lord, I'm a vessel to you. It's not about me. So, Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. All the things, the words, the experiences, the conversations that the enemy has attached to them that have robbed them of their saltiness, the betrayal, the hurt, the disappointment. I thank you right now that it loses its grip and sting. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. I pray you enjoyed today's teaching. Let's keep in touch by subscribing to the Discover You podcast. Be blessed.